This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. Kawhi Leonard is going to join the Clippers. Kawhi turns the corner for the win. Yo, yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Clip and Roll. I'm your host, Justin Russo. I'm the other guy, Farbad Shari. We welcome you back to the Blue Wire. I'm sorry, that was awesome. Welcome back to the Blue Wire Network. Farbad, this past week, I guess, I don't know, we were discussing off-air that the NBA talks about how their week starts on Sundays. So, I don't know, is that weird? Would you start your week on Sundays? Because I feel like Monday's the natural start of the week, even though every calendar starts on a Sunday. Don't they do the power rankings on Mondays? I think, I don't know. I I think so. So then like, I feel like the NBA should start their week with the same time as their power rankings. Yeah, I just, I don't know. It's a weird thing. It's a very weird thing. Um, If you go off of this week, since the last time we talked, the Clippers have gone three and zero. They beat the Pelicans, they beat the Kings, and they beat the Pacers. Um, the Pelicans game was a close game. Um, Clippers were once up by eighteen. Uh, I believe they were up by eighteen at the half. In fact, uh, got close, but the Clippers won it because they just, you know, surged ahead at the end. They then go into Sacramento. It's Alexander a, Walker, man. Yeah, we'll get into that in a second. That was crazy. Uh, they go into Sacramento. They're up eight at the half. Third quarter comes around. They just absolutely just annihilate the Kings and win by 38. They then go back home to face the Pacers. You know, they're up by 10 after one. They're up by six at the break, at the halftime break. They then win the third quarter by 19 and just annihilate them in the second half and win by 33. So they're coming off back-to-back wins of at least 30 points. You know, you could even say at least 33 points. Um, it's their first four game winning streak of the season. Uh, I don't know what to take from this week other than the fact of like, they looked really awesome and everybody else sucks. And I like, I like this team to win the title. That's where I'm at now. Uh, I I just like that. They, uh, they actually handled their business. I think I I felt like this, this week specifically or last week, whatever you want to call it last week specifically was a week. I could see last year's Clippers not going four and oh or three and Owen. Uh, there was just so many games where it was like, I mean, you, you would tweet it too. You'd be like, Oh, all these guys are missing for the Pelicans trap game, or all these guys are missing for this other team, like trap game. And, and then they figure out a way to win. Uh, I don't think last year's team would really figure out a way to win. A lot of those times they, they would always lose. I mean, it felt like they would always lose against the teams they were supposed to beat. I mean, this season at the time, you felt like certain losses were bad losses. I mean, the Mavs loss, you just kind of throw it out. 
the Jazz are a good team, right? Like the the Jazz look way better now than they did last year. Um, and then the Spurs, right after, I mean, at the time when the Clippers lost to them, the Spurs weren't doing well. And now they're they've won four straight, five straight. And then you look at the Warriors and the Clippers had a bad loss to them and then the Lakers did too. So it's like there aren't that many there's no there's no like last season I remember Thanksgiving time last season they had a 20 point lead against the Bulls and they lost. Like that was such a routine thing for the Clippers last season where they would beat up on a team that was under 500 and then just end up losing or like against the Wolves where they up like 30 something points and barely scratched after like Kawhi and PG scored 30 piece each. So it just, it just seems like they're better at handling their composure this season than last season. So far this year, uh, by the way, it's hard to disagree with what you said. Um, but so far they've played their Clippers are second in the West right now, as we're recording this. Um, if you look at the West standings, the Lakers are one Clippers two, jazz three Suns four Spurs five. They've played those other four teams in the top five, and they're two and two. They beat the Lakers, they beat the Suns, they lost to Utah, they lost to the Spurs. Okay. So they've played those four teams and split their games. So you're playing the other quote unquote best of the West, and you're doing just fine against them, at least from a 500 perspective. Um, I kind of look at it like. And I was being sarcastic, by the way, when I said, like, this team's going to win it all. Like, I don't know if they're going to win it all. They might. I don't know. Um, And this week doesn't prove that they will or they won't. It just, it's a good week for them. But I look at what they've had to face so far, and they're tied with the Lakers for third in strength of schedule, according to ESPN. Um, You know, their schedule, this is a lighter part of their schedule right now, though. They get Sacramento, who is not a good team. They're five and nine. Their defense is on pace to historically be the worst defense in the history of the NBA. Like, like that's not hyperbole. It's really that bad. I believe last time I looked and it was earlier today, I believe they were giving up like 120 points per hundred possessions, which is just an unfathomable number for a team to give up for a year. Like that's insane. That shouldn't even be possible. You could literally let a team run down the paint at will and that wouldn't even happen. But yet for them, it is. After that, the Clippers then play OKC twice, and OKC is not bad. They're six and six, you know, at the time of this recording on Tuesday, and they're playing right now. Um, I, uh, they're not playing Utah, I think. They're playing uh, Denver, Denver right now. So excuse me. And then they play Atlanta. Atlanta's not bad. In fact, Atlanta's you know six and seven, but they're dealing with injuries to Gallinari and Bogdanovic. Go ahead, what's up? Huh? I thought you said something. I didn't say anything. Oh, I'm hearing things. My old age is getting to me, folks. Anyways, um, and then after that, they play Miami, Orlando, New York, and then they get to Brooklyn to begin February. So through the remainder of January, this is a pretty manageable schedule. I'm not saying they run the table, but it wouldn't shock me if they did, even with one of those games being a back-to-back. Um, but... There is work to be done for them. And if this past week showed me anything, it's that their defense isn't consistent. But when they actually give a crap on that end, they're a juggernaut. And I just would like to see that more often. But I understand why it shows up in spurts. I think defense is easier to turn on than offense is. 
and them being the best offense in basketball cannot be taken for granted at this point of the season. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean the the thing I guess I I'm still like they need to really watch out for is just their ability to kind of blow leads. Uh, they had two good games of not blowing a lead of any kind against Sacramento and Indiana. Although Indiana, I mean, what did they have like a 19 point lead? And then they blew it to two and then somehow went on like a 37 to 14 run in 10 minutes and then blew it back open. So was that, so the, yeah, the Indiana, that was the second quarter, right? Third quarter. Yeah. So they were up like 19 or 18 and then it got cut to two in the third quarter with 10 minutes left. And then in that 10 minutes, they went on a 37 to 14 run. I mean, Indiana's tough, even with the guys that they had out. So, so just their capacity to blow leads is, is still there. So I think defensively, I mean, they still they still really have work to do, but it does seem like like the the, the biggest the biggest kind of question mark was that Warriors game when they blew the twenty two point lead, but that was also because they went full bench at the same time and. It looks like Ty Lue's learned from that, and he's not playing the Reggie Lue-Luke combo at all, which is, I mean, really nice for them. And it's also, you kind of see their depth on full display too, because it's like if Lue is hurt, then Reggie could step up. If Reggie's hurt, then Luke can step up. So there's there's a lot that they can work with. So I think that's going to be the biggest thing is now that he's adjusted this bench lineup, are they going to be better defensively than the lineups against the Warriors? I guess we should actually talk about like the big deal from this week too. Like we've kind of skirted around this and, but we do need to talk about, it, I guess is uh, Lou Williams played a grand total of nine minutes this week. Um, that came against new Orleans. He was questionable with a left hip discomfort is how it was listed. He did play nine minutes all in the first half. Didn't play the second half. They won goes up to Sacramento or the team goes to Sacramento he doesn't play in Sacramento. Neither does Patrick Beverly. And they just torch the Kings. They then come back to LA to play the Pacers. Lou Williams doesn't play that game either. And neither does Sergi Baca, who was out with an illness that was deemed non-COVID related. Um, by the way, according to Ty Lu, at Tuesday's shoot around, uh, Sergi Baca will be ready to go on Wednesday. So, uh, but, but Lou Williams is still listed as questionable with left hip discomfort. I'm kind of wondering if they're just being cautious with him because of a, his age B the wear and tear of years in the league and see, like we're kind of starting to see like fully unleashed Luke Kennard at this point. And that could be another thing. So like, it's just one of those things where the Clippers winning those three games has bought Lou Williams some time to get healthy. And I, I mean, Luke Kennard's been really good since Lou's been out. Has he not? Yeah. I mean, I think everybody, I mean, that Pacers game was kind of skewed because like everybody was really good. Literally everybody on the team hit a shot, which is kind of nuts. I mean, yeah, they, so I did the video breakdown of that Indiana game. Indiana really tried their best uh, without Miles Turner which, uh, by the way, Miles Turner, for people who haven't watched him this year, that's the defensive player of the year. That man's winning defensive player of the year this year. I would stake my minuscule reputation on that man winning defensive player of the year this year. 
So you're saying it's not going to be Lou Dort? Lou Dort would be up there too. That man, that man can defend. I just think it's really hard for wings to win uh, the DPOY now. It's more like a like a hybrid big award. And Miles is that why instead of just saying defensive player of the year? why i did that man it is late at night the wind outside my house is just cracking. it is not that late you are not that old <laughs> it is 7 30 and i'm tired man i wish people could actually see i'm recording this podcast i'm leaned back in my chair my eyes are like half squinted right now i'm just tired man it's been a long today's been a long year you know you know what's no. a, a kind of a yeah. random report though as an aside from all this, that was that was a bit interesting for me. Oh my god! Go ahead. Oh no 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 no! Not, it's still related to the Clippers. It's just unrelated to these these couple games. Uh, there was a report from Sportico that had the Clippers ranked as eighth in the most valuable franchises in the NBA. Yeah. Did you Is see that? that or you? No? Yeah, I did. Is that like? Do you think they should have been higher or something? Maybe higher than the Rockets. Like if you look at the list, if nobody's seen it, number one is the Knicks at five point four two billion. Two is the Warriors at five point two one. Three is the Lakers at five point one four, and that kind of shocked me because I thought the Lakers are going to be higher than the Warriors. I didn't think the Warriors would be. So real quick, the reason the Lakers aren't higher than the Warriors is the new arena. Yeah, that's what I assumed. Um, four is the Nets at three point four. Five is the Celtics at 3.1. Uh, six is the Bulls at 3.1, which is crazy that the Bulls are still that high. Like, I'm assuming that's because of Michael Jordan. Like, the Jordan... The, the Bulls are a brand. It's That's so crazy that this dude just tore it up in the 90s, and they've been... Oh, I guess they had Derrick Rose, but they have... It's not as bad as the Knicks, where the Knicks just never did anything for, like, the last 30 years. But it's crazy how that one run, right? That one solid run can put you in a as a perennial top ten valuable franchise. Uh eight is seven is the Rockets at two point seven. Eight is the Clippers at two point six, and then it's the Mavs and the Raptors. And then last place was the New Orleans Pelicans. Yeah, the Pel- that Pelicans thing doesn't shock me. Uh the Rockets are probably ahead of the Clippers because of the they nice. just got bought like a year or so ago. And that tends to pump franchise valuations up. So Balmer bought the team at 2 billion. So it's mm-hmm. gone up 0.63 billion, right? Mm-hmm. Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions. And now they want to help you even more with a credit karma money spend account. You can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot, and your Instant Karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Open your FDIC-insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. And when you make a purchase between June 8th and June 30th, you'll automatically be entered to win $1 million. Right now, visit creditkarma.com backslash win money to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com backslash win money to sign up for free and start winning. That's creditkarma.com slash win money. Instant karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply.
See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. Does that seem... I mean, that seems pretty standard without having to get a new arena that you go up two point you go up point six three billion. I feel like that's pretty decent. Uh, yeah. So when they get their new arena, their franchise valuation will probably top three billion and might come closer to like three and a half. And what is interesting is like, it, and you really have to think about it is like how much of this is in effect if Steve Ballmer doesn't purchase the Clippers for $2 billion. Because that, at the time, remember, everyone was like, what the Yeah, it was, an, it was an insane price. <laughs> so if he never buys that team for $2 billion, what do you think the valuations of everything is? Do you oh, think I it's dramatically like lower? I don't, I don't know. I don't know because you got to remember, the reason he bid $2 billion is A, he wanted a team, and B, his own reasoning was it's a team in LA, so you had to overspend to get them. And it was also kind of like a hostage situation at the time. It felt like with the team, where it was yeah. like, "We'll just pay the ransom, just get get my son back." <laughs> like, I don't know if anyone would pay that high if it was a different circumstance. Yeah, um, when they get the new arena, it'll probably get to three point two five, three point five kind of area. The team that is never being overtaken is the Knicks. You can't overtake them. It won't be. It's not doable. That's always going to be the most valuable franchise in the NBA from a pure money standpoint. Because I mean, they're, they're getting close. The Warriors and Lakers are close. They're getting close. They can't top them. They can't imagine. And that's with the Knicks being bad for like a, two decades. Like imagine if they were actually good. How well, much you know, in. you know why they can't like be topped, right? Hit, hit it to me. So the Knicks own that arena. Like Jane, their owner owns that arena and owns like everything pertaining to the Knicks. So like he owns the television company where their games are being uh, broadcast. He owns the arena. He owns the adjacent uh, sports or whatever the hell's complex it is next to it. They, they own everything like pertaining to them. That's why if you go through that Sportico list and you look like their main sponsors, uh, every other team has like some kind of like arena sponsor. They don't have one because they don't need one. You like, know what they don't own anymore is the forum. I mean, yeah. 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 Hey, by yeah. the way, the forum is a cool venue, but I like, I hate going there. Do you? I mean, it's just like it's a it's a cool venue, right? I like the venue. I like watching concerts there, but the exit strategy always sucked. And then there's like nothing to eat nearby, and you're just kind of like, so now what? Like I'm just I'm just over here. Like I remember the last time I went there was for Muse, and I saw Muse, and the line to get out was like un- unreal. So we we're like, screw it, we're just gonna walk around and get something to eat. And there's like nothing to walk around to get to eat. There's nothing near you. So we just like Ubered to some random spot and then came back like an hour later. But I don't know. I, I'm not a fan of the overall probably get some heat for, it, but I'm I'm just not a fan of the overall area. At least like at least at Staples Center, as soon as you're done, you can walk to LA Live and there's like a million places for you to eat right there. Maybe like an overpriced smash burger. I don't know. <laughs> overpriced smash burger those were the days 
Um, one last thing about the Knicks. They're owned by the Madison Square Garden Sports Corporation. For those who do not know, that is the same corporation that not only owns the Rangers, but owns the Westchester Knicks and owns a bunch of other things. So, like, you can't overtake them in franchise valuation. I don't know what Sportico's rankings are for, like, um, like the NHL franchise values, but I would imagine that the Rangers are at the top of that list, too. Do you know what the first and only time I went to Madison Square Garden, you know what event it was for? Hmm. I've never been inside. I've always wanted to go to Madison Square Garden. It was, By the way, the, Rang- the Rangers are number one for the, for the record. Oh, that makes sense. It was a New Japan Pro Wrestling ROH Super Show, the one where Enzo Amore uh, like came came and did the shoot fight with the Briscoe brothers. Okay. Um, we need to wrap this back to the Clippers. Holy crap, we've been talking about... Well, I don't know why we're talking about the Knicks. Um, Luke Kennard's last three games with Lou Williams basically out for two and a half of them. Uh, 13 points, three assists, three rebounds, shooting 65% from the field, 69% from three. Um, obviously, those percentages are going to come down um, just a little bit in the future. I need to ask you a question about him, though. Eh? When he yeah. shoots the ball, when he shoots the ball from three, do you think that shot's going in more than you did with Landry Shamit? No, actually. You don't? No. I have like let for some reason my perception is that it's not gonna go in. And then like be, I think it's because Luke has missed like he missed the shot against the Spurs and he he's missed some of the big shots. And then Landry hit that shot against the Celtics and Landry hit that shot against the Warriors. So even though Landry's percentage is way lower, like in my head, I'm like, Oh, that's the guy he's going to hit it. Right. So like, it's, it's a weird perception. See, I think I trust, see, I, I thought Landry would make his shots too. Like any shot Landry took, I was like, Oh, he's gonna, that's, that's a shot he's making. Um, I have that with Luke. And the reason I think I might even have that a little bit more with Luke is his release is so damn fast that like, how fast is it? I don't want to do this anymore now. (laughs) Um, It's just insanely quick. Uh, He flicks his wrist and the ball's gone. Um. I've I've just been really happy with what I've seen out of him. Defensively, it's always going to be a work in progress, but offensively, I think he's been great. Um, I know the team has told him and the veterans have told him he's got to be more aggressive. Even if he said it today in shoot around, like, you know, they've told me like, even if I'm a little bit open, like just shoot it. And I'm, I'm happy for that. Like he needs to shoot. He's, he's probably like their second best pure shooter on the team. I feel like that's going to be the, I don't know how long is going to be the conversation for, but I feel like it's going to be the conversation for at least half a year where like every media guy is going to be like, Luke, how comfortable do you feel being aggressive? And he's like, you know, my teammates, they just tell me to be aggressive and they got confidence in me. So I have confidence in myself. And that's going to be the narrative like for half the year. See, I had a question for him today, but I didn't get, I didn't get a chance to ask him. I wanted to ask him if he finds it hard to be aggressive. Um, like, cause you want to balance being aggressive and being like, you know, prudent about your shots. But I want to ask him if he finds it hard to balance that, or is it just something that just comes over time? Like with the team and, you know, I think he's been fine. He's been getting into the rhythm. You know, I think the veterans, I think like him, which is a good sign. So the, the, the big question I have though, is 
the, the, the three-point shooting of the team is unreal right now. Yeah, they're, uh, they're on shooting. pace to have the best three-point shooting season in NBA history. Yeah, and they're at 44%. So for anyone who doesn't know, and I just wrote an article about it, they're at 44% for the season, right? The highest in NBA history, the top three, are the 96-97 Hornets at 42.7%, the 2015-16 Warriors at 41.5%, and the 2009-10 Suns at 41.2%. The Clippers are currently at 44%, and the next highest is the Bucks at 40.3%. The Clippers don't shoot the most threes. The Bucks shoot more. The Jazz shoot more. but And they don't even make the most. You know, the Bucks. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Let me rephrase it. The, Bucks don't, the Clippers don't shoot the most, and they don't make the most. The Bucks make more and shoot more. The Jazz make more and shoot more, but the Clippers shoot the best at 44%. They have seven players at 40% or higher and three at 50%, which is kind of unreal, right? So then it becomes like, what is what is going to be the, the normalcy? What's going to be like the number you expect at the end of the season? Because I don't know what it drops to, but like I don't think Paul George is going to drop to under 40%, but like there's no way this dude's going to stay at 51% at eight attempts a game. Like that's that's actually insane. So... What do you think it would drop to realistically in terms of the team average and just some of the players? Probably 41 or 42. I, th- I think they can get to 41. I think 41 is doable for them. Um, like the thing to remember too is like, okay, these guys are shooting like Kennard shooting 52%, Paul George 51, uh, senior shooting 50 like so you got three guys taking at least three threes a game shooting at least 50 percent. so obviously that's not gonna like that's not gonna be sustainable um but like over a full season if they even come down to 42 43 percent individually and you know pat's at 44 and he's getting open threes Kawhi's at 43 and he's like one of the best catch and shoot guys in the league so far this season statistically by the way Kawhi shoots some pretty like degaff threes like not as not as DGAF as like Milos. Milos always shot like stuff where I'm like, did this guy even care? Or is he just <laughs> yeah, Milos, Milos <laughs> used to just chuck shit and just like you could tell he just wanted to go fo- like sit down, you know? Yeah, but Kawhi's not that like nonchalant, but it, it still comes up pretty nonchalant where he's just it feels like in his head he's like, guess I'm gonna shoot it now, and you're like, all right, I guess he's gonna shoot it. Yeah, I mean, but that's uh, that's stuff you got to live with, with, uh, with superstars. Like for instance, do you know what he's shooting on catch and shoot threes this season? Nope. 64%. In some countries, that's pretty good. Yeah. That actually leads the team among players with at least 20 attempts and not even just with players among 20 attempts either. It leads the entire team even among players with one attempt. So, so like he's been their best catch and shoot guy. Paul George, 55% catch and shoot. Uh Kennard, 51%. Marcus, 50, almost 56. Reggie Jackson's at 50. God bless him. By the way, let's talk about that real quick. And while we're on the subject, uh, because Patrick Beverly was out for the game in Sacramento, Reggie Jackson got the start. And fa- fans pissed and moaned about like, uh, like whatever. And Reggie played really well. Finished yeah, with eleven been, points, four rebounds, three three assists, one two. He's been fine. 
He's been solid. He's been dunking. That dunk was uh, pretty nice. You know, uh, pretty, pretty nice. So what do you think that, yes or no, um, at the end of the season, will they be the best team in the NBA at shooting threes? And will they break a record and, and, and become a top three all time? The best team at shooting, they'll be the best team in the league at shooting threes this year. The only team who might actually top them is Brooklyn. Well, the, and do you think they'll break a record and become a top three all time? Top three all time. Um, I'll say they finish at forty one percent, so that's not top three. Yeah, I had them like, finishing I don't think people, forty to forty one. I don't think people understand how like insane forty one percent three point shooting is for a team over a full season either. Yeah, you have to. I mean, it's like you have to be like the Warriors with KD. Like you just have to be wide open all the time. And even the Warriors with KD didn't do that. They they topped at like thirty nine percent, I think, one year. Oh no! One year they got to forty-one point six. Oh, excuse me. Yeah, they're, they're they're in the top three. Yeah, so that was the only year they had with KD where they got to uh, at least forty percent. So, but well, yeah, you know what they were. Like, you know what? The, go ahead. No, I say the thing about their shots are like they're pretty wide open all the time. The person who shoots uh-huh. the most, like the person who shoots the most contested stuff, sometimes is Kawhi, or like. And Batum sometimes has to hit some hard stuff, but for the most part, there are very, very few shots on this Clipper team. Like anyway, Reggie Jackson did it opening night, but like that was it. But there's there's very few shots where you're like, bro, why did you shoot that? It's it's not that type of shot. It's the hurry up and shoot it, like that's a good look type of shot. Yeah, I mean, you look at this team with their shooting, and there's no reason to think they can't lead the league. Um, obviously they're going to come down. Like they're going to, they're going to come down a little bit. Like, I'm sorry. I don't care what kind, what level of shooters you have. You're not shooting 44% from three as a team all season. The other thing that we haven't talked about, at least from the three point standpoint, Sergio Baca is only shooting 34% on threes. Which is surprising that he was like the lowest of the, like the rotation players. Yeah. Uh, Patrick Patterson's at 37 and a half. Reggie Jackson's 38. Lou Williams is 38 and a half. Lou Williams will probably finish around 40 because he's getting a lot of catch and shoot threes. I would imagine Ibaka improves while other guys come down a little bit. Like, I don't expect, as much as I think Kawhi's been great at catch and shoot threes, I did, uh, I don't think he's going to shoot 43% from three this year. You know, um, Pat at 44% might be a little bit sustainable. Uh, maybe he finishes like 42 but Pat 44 is not crazy and then gets hot. So yeah. it's, it's kind of unknown territory that he's starting this hot. Yeah. Um, you look at the Clippers and on wide open threes, they're shooting 43 and a half percent, which is the second best mark in basketball behind Utah. Who's at 45 on open threes, which are four to six feet. You know, the defender Charlotte's shooting 38.4% and they're second to the Clippers who are at 45.9. They're seven and a half percent above them. In case you're wondering how much that actually is, Charlotte, like I said, 38.4. If you took off seven and a half percent from them, you'd be down to like where New Orleans is and they're bottom five. Like that's an insane gap. Yeah, I think I'm going to have the same guess as you the, and say. This, this team's crazy with the shooting. I'll say yes to them finishing at the top of the league and then no to them breaking a record. That's fine. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. 
after it was funny, like after that Pacers game, no, after the Kings game, I've been wanting to ask Paul George about Brazil for like a while because these Brazilian fans just keep asking me about Paul George. And so I told I told the moderator on during the Kings game, I'm like, hey, I don't care about getting anybody else. Just get me him so I can ask about Brazil. So I have my hand raised and then like, and then like I was picking up food. And so I'm literally about to pull up to the house. And somehow the second I pull up my zoom, my zoom session just ends. And then Joe picks me to ask my question and it just disappears. And he texts me immediately. He's like, was that all one big joke to screw with me? <laughs> or like, why did you tell me to pick you and you disappeared the second it happened? Now, I don't know how it looked on your end, but I thought it was hilarious. Oh, I, honestly, I didn't even see that. I, 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 I heard the question you asked him. That, yeah, that was last so. game. But I tried to do it two games ago. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so this upcoming schedule for them, we're just going to go through the Sunday. They play Sacramento Wednesday night. They play Oklahoma City Friday night. They play Oklahoma City Sunday afternoon because, God willing, you got to have the Clippers on a Sunday afternoon game, I guess. Um, give me your, give me your prediction for the week. Those three games. Tell me who wins. I'll just say two and one. Two and one. Yeah. I think they go three and oh. See, I want to say three and oh, but like, I'm just used to disappointment. We also don't know if Al Horford will be back for OKC. Yeah, but they have Shea. They do have Shea. They have his cousin absolutely went nuts. They did it for trading. Nikhil Alexander Walker was hitting shots that I don't even think he's made in his sleep. It's because they traded Shea. He needed to get revenge. That man had 37. I have a question for you. Who is, uh, who is your favorite player? That's not on the Clippers. Favorite player. That's not on the Clippers. I mean, my heart says Shay, but like, I really like watching Sabonis. I think there's like actual beauty to his game. And not just his hair? Not just his hair, which is just absolutely outstanding, by the way. Um, I like watching Sabonis. I think like I, I, I will find myself league pass nights. If the Pacers are playing, I'll turn on the Pacers game because I actually like watching the Pacers. I think they're a really good team and they're well coached and they play well and they play hard. And I like watching them. And then I just like watching Sabonis. I just find him. I find him fascinating. Like there's nothing there's nothing extraordinary about this guy. He's not he's not some uber athlete. He's not some high jumping power forward who can dunk on everybody. He's not some sweet shooting guy who like teams have to check at the three point line. This man will fight you in a phone booth around the rim and lay the ball up and in every time. It's almost like Zach Randolph, but like like there's almost like more like delicateness to it where he's able to be like this precise passer and this insane rebounder and all these like he I find him absolutely exhilarating to watch. I'm going to say Jimmy Butler. I don't like watching Jimmy Butler. I just, I like Jimmy Butler. 
or like personality wise, obviously it's like Steven Adams or Boban. That's just personality. But player wise, like Jimmy Butler might be my favorite player on another team. I'll tell you the team I actually have really liked watching this year, San Antonio. I mean, they've been better than anyone anticipated, but they were also worse than people expected last season. See, it's not because of like, oh, they're better than they're expected. Like, I, I actually enjoy so many of their players. I enjoyed DeJounte Murray, Keldon Johnson, uh, Devin Vass- uh, Vassell. I enjoy like all their young guys are fun. Jakob Pertl's fun. And then like they have the like the weird combination of veterans. Like, for instance, you asked me who is like my favorite guy. I love watching DeMar DeRozan. I know that's insane to say. I love watching him. I think his footwork is one of the like best pieces of footwork I've ever seen in the history of the NBA. This man is a savant if you get to about 15 feet. And I love watching him. Everyone craps on him because he doesn't shoot three. He's actually shooting well from three this year. But like I, I, I find that team very fun. And of course, Patty Mills, who just annihilates us every time. That guy can just not play when they play the Clippers. That'd be cool. I need the Clippers to trade for him just so he can't play against them. Yes, it's it's stupid. Um, hot take of the week. You go first. Um, my hot take of the week. Unless, unless Zion develops more of his game, he's. I don't see him being any better than Blake Griffin was. And Blake Griffin was really good, but I don't think like. I don't think Zion's going to be better than Blake Griffin. And, and the only reason Blake Griffin's not perceived as better is because he didn't win when he had a chance to. That's actually, that's pretty fair. I'm trying to think of what my hot take would be. What was my last one? Like how Gotham City sucks, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I've been on a pretty big pho kick lately. Like I love pho. You mean this? You mean the Vietnamese noodle soup? Yeah. Okay. Um, I th- I think my hot take would be I prefer that over ramen. Like I know, like I've talked to, I actually had a conversation with a friend last night who was like, he told me he prefers ramen. Like he thinks ramen so much, but I prefer pho. I think pho is absolutely incredible. I love it. I can't get enough of it. I want more of it. I want it every day. It's phenomenal. I love the little Vietnamese spring rolls. I I love all that stuff. Do you, ever, every do you ever go to Westminster or Garden Grove? No. So you never had like the good pho? I mean, we have a local place in town that has really good pho. You, you need to go to like little little Saigon type area in uh, like Westminster Garden Grove where like it's just a bunch of hole in the wall pho spots that are really good. Buddy, we're in a pandemic. I can't just go do that. Or you could a more premium one. Uh, that's really good is Sup Noodle Bar. Sup Noodle Bar is really, really, really good, but it's just, it costs like twice the price you would get at like one of the ones in Westminster and Garden Grove. Gotta love it. It's prices. really good. Yeah, I just love pho. I just, I absolutely love it. Um, so I know that's like a weird hot take because, like, I guess my hot take is I prefer pho over ramen. No, that's my hot take. <laughs> that's kind of like a weird one if i had a secondary hot take it'd be something like um the the king of staten island movie with pete davidson is Is one of the better movies from last year 
Is it a movie or a show? It's a movie. Oh. King of Staten Island is was actually really good. The first half of that movie is a little slow, but when you get to about the midway point, it picks up. That's an incredible movie. Oh, I have another hot take that'll probably piss people off. Uh-oh, go ahead. I didn't care for the first two episodes of WandaVision. We can't talk about it just because of spoilers. I don't want to spoil it for people. Yeah, I, I fell asleep in the second episode. That's on you. You fall asleep in a lot of good things. I never fall asleep in anything. Except That's Indiana Jones true. 3, because that was like 3 a.m. Wait, Indiana, you fell asleep in uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Well, I dude, it was like three or four in the morning. Indiana Jones and the last, the Sean Connery one. Yeah. In the first like 10 minutes, I fell asleep, but it wasn't because it was bad. Oh, you I was tired. I don't care. You, I don't care. I don't need your excuses. That's a, that's a crap thing. That's the best Indiana Jones movie. Listen, that's another hot take. Indiana Jones and the last crusade is the that's best. Really, Indiana I mean, Jones. I have no take on it. I just accidentally like fell asleep because I was tired. Like WandaVision, I fell asleep because I was bored and I was like, all right, I'm, I'm done with this. Oh my god. Uh you got anything for the people? Uh go watch Attack on Titan. Do you just want to get people in the anime? You know what though? I don't I don't have anything for the people, but I feel like it'll be a little bit serious, but I feel like by the time is this going up today or tomorrow? It's going up tomorrow. It's going up on Wednesday. For people who are listening, we're recording this on Tuesday. I feel like by the time this goes up tomorrow, something major will have happened in the country. Uh, I don't know like how wild things are going to get, but I feel like it's just, I think it's going to be one of those moments where you want to remain like grounded and don't overreact. I don't know. I just, I just feel like something, there is a chance for something wild to happen tomorrow, unfortunately. And it's just like, just don't lose yourself in that moment. I thought you were going to start spouting off Eminem lyrics. No. Okay. But they used to play uh, Lose Yourself people. at Staples Center during Game 7. Man, I remember they played Lose Yourself in Game 7, Clipper Spurs, and I was, <laughs> I was like, oh my god, this is the hypest moment of my life. <laughs> You're such a goddamn nerd. If that's the hypest you've ever been in your life, we have some problems, my guy. Uh, everybody, Dude, stay safe. Dude, Game 7 was hype. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm just saying. Anyways, everybody, stay safe. Um, you know, social distance. Um, call someone and just tell them you love them. How about that? You know, everybody love everybody. You know, some Jackie Moon for you, everybody. Everybody love everybody. Um, There's something else I was going to say. I don't know. Anyways, be safe. Wash your hands. Wear your mask properly. Um, Social distance. Tell people please and thank you. Everyone's stressed out during this incredibly stressful time. So as a group, we got to get through it together. Tell people you thank them for everything they're doing. You know, be kind. Rewind. And let's keep it moving on. Everybody take it easy.
For the ones who get going when the going gets tough. And the ones who know we're tougher together. For the pathfinders breaking new ground. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as fast access to experts and 24-7 customer support. Because we know you have people depending on you. So you can always depend on us. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.